power in the name of There's healing in the name of There's salvation in the name of The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. Bishop Intefel is the medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. Its in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Now, we cannot talk about church growth, becoming great, becoming mighty, and becoming populous. As long as we have disloyal and rebellious elements in the church. As we build the church of Jesus Christ, it is important also for us to defend the church. Hallelujah. To protect the church against people who would want to destroy the church. Now come with me to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1. And we are reading, I want us to read the NIV from verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long would you withhold mercy from Jerusalem? And from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with these 70 years. So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says I'm very jealous. For Jerusalem and Zion. And I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they went too far of the punishment. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy. And there my house will be rebuilt. And the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow of prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. Verse 18. Then I looked up. And there before me were four horns. Everybody say four horns. I asked the angel who was speaking to me, What are these? He answered me, These are the horns that scattered 
Jerusalem. Say, these are the horns that scattered Judah. Say, these are the horns that scattered Judah. He answered me, these are the horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. The, the, the King James says, four carpenters. What are these coming to do? He answered, these are the horns that scattered Jerusalem, so that no one could raise their head. But the craftsmen or the carpenters have come to terrify them and throw down these horns of the nations who have lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter its people. Hallelujah. I want to read it in the King James, or you can read it in the King James from verse 18. From verse 18. From verse 18. And lifted up, then lifted I up mine eyes and saw and behold four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be this? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, What come this to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah. So that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to fray them. To cast out the arms of the Gentiles. Which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Thank you. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, these are the horns which have scattered Jerusalem. So that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter. Hallelujah. Now, it is important for us to understand, brothers and sisters, that Satan would like to scatter the church. Hallelujah. Satan would like to scatter the church. Amen. As we build a church, Satan raises up horns. Horns. Everybody say horns. Lift up your right hand. Say, I shall not be a horn. That scatters living faith. Hallelujah. Satan raises up horns that he uses to scatter, to destroy the church that God is building. And in this vision, you realize that God also raised up four carpenters. And the aim of the carpenters was to destroy the homes. Lift up your hand. Say, I shall be a carpenter to destroy the horns that seek to scatter living faith. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Now, who are these horns? These horns are people in the church who gradually become rebellious to the leadership of the church. These are pastors, assistant pastors, leaders, choir leaders, leaders of different ministries who sit in the church, branch pastors, and begin now to fight against the leadership of the church. They become disloyal, rebellious. They don't flow the vision anymore. They attack the leader. They murmur against the leaders. They gather in groups. And by their actions, they scatter the church. It is impossible for us to build a great, mighty, populous, living way of faith. Outreach Ministries International. If we allow rebellious people to flourish and thrive in our midst. Therefore, tonight, my assignment is to expose the signs. You see, because you have, to, you have to see the signs in such people. You have to see the signs in such people. You have to see the signs in yourself. So that when you are becoming rebellious, you can identify it. Doctors operate by signs. How many of you are genuinely surprised that when you go to the doctor and you, you, you tell him that I have a pain here, I have a pain here, and I cannot do this, the doctor is able to know what is wrong with you. How many of you generally are surprised? Because you wonder, how did he know? But doctors operate by signs and symptoms. Yes. Now, if ever, if ever, your eyes became yellow. How many of you have seen somebody with yellow eyes before? The eyes have become jaundiced. Alright? Your brother, your child, your husband, your family member, your friend. If ever the person's eyes became yellow and his hand, when he lifts up his hand, his palm shakes like this. Now you will say the anointing of the Lord. The anointing of the Lord is working on his hands. You, you even say, can you lay your hands on me? Because I can see the power, the power of God. But when a doctor, when a doctor sees 
search a person with the eyes yellow and the hand moving like this, the doctor will say to the person, you have just about two or three days to die. Because your liver has failed. But because you don't know, you say that the anointing of the Lord is working on the person. So, there are rebellious people, disloyal members, disloyal assistant pastors, disloyal church leaders who sit in the church. They sit in a church and they don't follow the leader anymore, but rather they fight the leader. And they fight what is going on in the church. And by their action, they destroy and scatter the church. By the time Satan, who is the original disloyal person, by the time he finished rebelling against God, he had taken away one tenth of all the angels and sent them away. They are rebellious assistant pastors who the founder of the church will send. Go to Bo, go to Kenema, go to where? McKinney to go and start a church. And after a few years, they'll come and tell the founder and say that the Lord said the church belongs to me. They change the name of the church. Eh? They change the signboard. They take over the church. These are disloyal pastors, rebellious pastors that are found in our midst. If every time you are building your house, you put five blocks, you lay five blocks, when you go home, somebody comes to take three blocks. Next time when you come, you lay twelve blocks. And when you go home, somebody comes to take seven. Do you think that you can ever build a house? One of the reasons why we cannot build large churches It's the evil of disloyalty. The evil of disloyalty. Hallelujah. So tonight, I want to talk to you about the stages of disloyalty. Now what do I mean by the stages? That is, how a normal pastor, a normal assistant pastor, a normal leader, a normal church member can change and become a disloyal, rebellious person who fights the church and destroys the church. I had a pastor, I had a pastor who worked under me. He worked under me. He was pastoring one of the branches that I oversee. Unknowing to me, he started winning the hearts of the members. He was paying their school fees. 
He was organizing classes for them. He was giving them employment. He was giving them employment. Alright? Then one day, somebody came to tell us, this pastor is registering a church. He has gone to the register generals and registered the name of a church. So we confronted him and said, why are you registering a church? He said, oh, some Americans want to bring some help to the country and they needed a church. So I'm registering a church so that I can help them. We took him by his way. Then a close friend of his told us, do you know that this pastor has bought a tent and is preparing a place to start a church? Before we realized, a church of 250 people, and then he was an overseer. So he had, his, he had a church, and then he was overseeing a couple of branches also. He, he rebelled against us, the leadership of Lyra Chapel International. Okay? Won the hearts of about 70% of the church, took all of them away, and carried the members and the pastors of other four branches and went. He scattered the church. As I'm speaking to you right now, that church has not recovered. It has not recovered from the activity of a home. Hallelujah. That is why God is raising you up as a carpenter. I said God is raising you up as a carpenter to cut down and to destroy every horn that will rise up to scatter this church. Can I have an amen? amen? So, as I go through the stages of disloyalty, I am going through the stages of disloyalty for two reasons. Number one, so that just in case you have started that road, you can diagnose yourself. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say? He said, how can you see something small in your brother's eyes when you have a beam on your eyes? So before you say, let me remove the speck on your eyes, you must first remove the beam. So the first is for you yourself to see. As I'm talking about the signs, am I a loyal church member? Am I a loyal pastor? Am I a loyal assistant pastor? Am I a loyal leader? Am I a loyal person in the church? The second reason why I'm going to talk about the signs is so that you can diagnose this sign in your brother and in your sister. In our church, Lyra Chapel International, immediately you begin to put up a certain behavior. Uh, immediately you begin to put up a certain behavior. We know who you are. For example, for example, our members don't criticize pastors. We don't criticize pastors. No matter what a pastor is doing, we have been taught that he's the servant of God. And God said, who asked you? He asked 
Miriam and Aaron. Who asked you to criticize my servant Moses? Why were you not afraid to murmur against them? So immediately, in night house, immediately we find somebody talking against a pastor. This pastor is like this and this. Everybody looks at him like that. That is the culture that we must develop in living word of faith. So that if we are sitting somewhere and somebody is behaving in a certain way, we we'll we'll look at the person and say, you are a horn. Now, people who become horns, we are giving them a name. Their name is called Orangu. Now, the person who is typing, I want you to type it and put it on the screen. Orangu is O-R-A-N-G-U. Orangu. Everybody say Orangu. Let at the right hand. Say, I shall not be an Orangu. I shall not be an Orangu. Hallelujah. An Orangu is a disloyal, rebellious church member. Hallelujah. Now, when somebody is becoming disloyal, alright, the person goes through a number of stages. But even before I start that, why is it important for us to be loyal? Why? It is important for us to be loyal because loyalty or faithfulness is the first requirement that God expects from every Christian, every leader, every pastor, anybody under authority. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Look at it. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now watch it. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. God requires that stewards, a steward is somebody to whom something has been committed. So when you are a pastor, when you are an assistant pastor, when you are a leader in the church, when you are a member in the church, the first thing that God requires of you is faithfulness. And the word faithful means to be the same, to be constant, to not change. To not change. It also means loyal. Hallelujah. Many of us tend to change too quickly. Today, you love living word of faith. Tomorrow, you are angry. We change. Now, faithfulness is the character of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24, the Bible says, Faithful is he who has called you, who also will do it. God is faithful. God is faithful. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, God said, Behold, I am the Lord and I change not. So God is faithful. So a faithful person has the character of God. Hallelujah. We all want faithful husbands. 
We all want faithful wives. We all want faithful workers. And God also wants faithful pastors, faithful church members, faithful church leaders who will be in the church and serve Him without changing. Can I have an amen? amen? So that is why the subject of loyalty is very important. Number two, the subject of loyalty is important because it allows the love of God to fill the church. Loyalty is important because it allows the word of God, the love of God to fill the church. Amen. You see, when you come to church and there's an atmosphere of unity, there's an atmosphere of oneness. We love ourselves, we care for ourselves, we are all supporting the vision of our bishop and of the leadership. It creates a calm environment that makes all of us to be at peace and causes us to be able to give of our best and flourish. But when you enter a church where everybody is fighting with everybody, everybody is fighting with everybody. This one is criticizing this one, this one is insulting this one, this one does not agree with this one, this one cannot sit with this person, this one cannot flow with this person. Such a church cannot flourish. Cannot flourish. This morning, Bishop Lagarde was talking about unity. And in Genesis 11, the people of Babel, okay, tried to build a tower that could reach heaven. And God said, because the people is one, they can do everything. So when we are loyal, it allows the love of God to fill the church. Can I have an amen? amen? Can I have an amen? amen. Number three. Loyalty is important in the church because it helps us to fight against the faith column. Loyalty is important because it helps us to fight against the fifth column. I am explaining to you why we must be loyal. We must be loyal because that is the principal requirement of every Christian, every leader. If you are a leader, God expects you to be loyal. Number two, loyalty is important because it allows the love of God to fail the church. Listen to me, brothers. That unbelievers in the world, nobody likes them, nobody respects them, they are despised, they are insulted, they are not appreciated, they are not loved by anybody, they are neglected. When they enter our churches and they come to experience the same thing going on in the church, they cannot stay in the church. Sheep, listen, sheep like peaceful waters. Sheep, they love peaceful waters. When, when the sheep go to the the stream or a pool of water and it is drinking. It will continue to drink, but if there is a little movement, it will run away. So, people come to our church and the memory and the, the disunity 
and the quarrels amongst us. Do you understand it? And the impatience towards each other. They look at it and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing out there. If it is the same thing here, then I cannot stay. And it affects the growth of the church. But when they come, when they come and they see togetherness, they see peace, they see us embracing one another, flowing in the same direction, having the same vision, they are at camp. And it's, it's a place that they would like to stay. Amen. Amen. Then the third reason why loyalty is important is because loyalty helps us to fight the fifth column. Everybody say the fifth column. Everybody say the fifth column. Say the fifth column. Hallelujah. Now listen. What is the fifth column? What is the fifth column? An army general was leading his troops into battle. I hear you go home. And he came against a fortified city like, like Jericho. None went in and none went out. The city had long walls. And it had a big gate that was locked. And so, a friend of the general asked the general, how on earth are you going to be able to defeat this city? It is so fortified. The people have locked themselves inside. They have barricaded themselves. The walls are very high. The gates are very strong. Mr. General, how what strategy? What strategy? You see, Satan is planning to destroy our churches. Satan is always looking out for a scheme. The Bible said that, for we are not unaware of the devices of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we should be able to fight against the wiles, the strategies, the schemes of Satan. Satan is always looking for an avenue to scatter the church, to destroy the church. He's always looking for an avenue. He's always watching. What can I do? How can I enter the church? Now listen to me. The devil cannot stop, cannot destroy the church from outside. He will destroy the church from inside. So, the friend of the general asked him, what strategy are you going to use to defeat the enemy? Then the general laughed. He laughed. He had a good laugh. And told his friend, he said, just watch. Just watch. It's very simple. Very soon, my fifth column are going to open these gates. These gates that are locked, my fifth column are going to open the gates. And when they open, my soldiers are now we are going to rush inside the city and will destroy the city. And so the friend asked him, who are the fifth column? Who are the fifth column? And the general said, my fifth column are the citizens of the city who are inside who are memories, disgruntled, people who are there and their heart is not with the king in the city. These are my people. Very soon, you are going to open the gates. Listen. As we sit in the church, the devil can never destroy the church from outside. But the devil 
places in the church, disgruntled people, memories, people who are always, they have a different mind from the mind of the pastor. Why the pastor say we are going to do this? They ask themselves, why are we going to do that? Why the pastor say we need to take two offerings? They say, why should we take two offerings? They always have a different view from what the pastor wants to do. They are disgruntled. They are always unhappy about something. Then they ask themselves, why should we always have a red carpet? The carpet must now be green. When the pastor brings a green carpet, they say, ah, it should not be only green, but it will be partly green and then partly red. They are not happy about anything. They are disgruntled, they are memories, and they sit in the church and they complain. These are the fifth columns. These are the fifth columns. Hallelujah. And that is why you and I must recognize them so we can fight against them. Because if we allow fifth columns to flourish in the church, they are going to open the gates for Satan to take over the church and destroy the church. Can I have an amen? amen. Lift up your right hand. Say, I shall not be a fifth column. Say, I shall never be a fifth column. In the name of Jesus, I shall never be a fifth column. Amen? So listen. I listen to me. If you identify a fifth column, what must you do? You must report to the person. Yes. If you ever sit somewhere and your brother or sister in the church begins to murmur against the bishop, begins to murmur against the bishop's wife, begins to murmur against the leadership, you should tell the person, I'm going to report you. You are a fifth column. You are. You are. You know, in the church of Corinth, something of the nature was going on. I, I wish we could give the scriptures very fast. I will, I will give you a lot of scriptures. Alright? But look at First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Wait. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak the same thing. Are you seeing that? We must speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. There must be no divisions among us. And that we'll be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is what God wants from us. Amen. But what was happening in the current church? Look at verse 11. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, that by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Hallelujah. Watch it. For it has been declared unto me of you. It has been declared unto me of you. What Paul is saying that some people have told me about what is going on in the church. How many of you can understand that? It has been declared uh, unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Chloe, that there are contention amongst you. Can you give me the NIV of this verse? So, the members of the household of Chloe who were in the church, 
they went, they went to Paul and they said, Apostle Paul, something wrong is happening in our church. My brothers, my brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. You understand it? So the members of the house of Chloe, they were church members in the current church, and they realized that something wrong was going on. They informed the apostle about it. So if you sit in church and you really, really love this church, this church that we have toiled, how many of you have told to build this church? Can I see your hand? How many? How many of you love the church? How many of you have labored to build the church? And then we allow memories, accusers, rebellious people to just sit down and complain. Mm. Mm. Can the bishop, these days, he has changed. And the bishop's wife, look at it. When the bishop's wife comes to church, we look at the show. I told you. I told you. I, do you remember that bishop from Ghana? That bishop from Ghana. The one who used to preach a lot. For a long time. Do you remember he asked us to bring offerings? Yeah. The new bishop's wife's shoe. That is it. I told you. I told you. Now, when you, when you sit in church and you hear something like this, you need to report. Paul said, it has been reported. Look at First, first Corinthians chapter 5. From verse 1. So there is something called godly reporting. Now, godly reporting is different from by biting. By biting is wickedness, forcefully, maliciously telling lies about someone. That's by biting. Alright? But godly reporting is when people are doing the wrong things in the church. You need to expose them. They are fifth columns. They are fifth columns who are within the church. They will not leave the church. They will not do the church. When the pastor said we should pay, give tithes, why should we give tithes? Why should we give tithes? And they will leave the church. One person said, I will never pay any tithes. He said in the church, I will never pay any tithes and I will never leave the church. That's the fifth column. That's the fifth column. That's the fifth column. Hallelujah. And when we see such people, we need to report them. Can I have an Amen. How many of you report such people? And I'm giving you the scripture basis. First Corinthians chapter 5. It is reported, watch. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Can you imagine that? Somebody was sitting in the church and sleeping with his father's wife and everybody was quiet. But some people reported to the apostles. Hallelujah. When we sit in the choir and people are murmuring against the choir leader, she feels good. Why doesn't she allow me also to sing? She's always calling Sister Cecilia to sing. Eh? You know, eh? Nya, nya, nya. Nya, nya, nya. Nya, nya, nya. You say, Sister, you better stop. Next time you say something like this, I'm giving you up. Yes. If we don't do that, we are going to allow faith columns to destroy the church. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have two H's? 
Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Number four. The fourth reason why, the fourth reason why loyalty is important is because loyalty helps us to build a large ministerial team. It helps us to build a large ministerial team. Hallelujah. Now listen. Look at me. I was speaking at the church go conference this morning and I was teaching the pastors that one pastor cannot do the work of God. We must have workers that will help us. We need a lot of people to be able to do something significant for the Lord in the house of God. We need a lot of people we need our pastors, we need our lay people, we need our doctors, we need our traders, we need our students, we need our wives, our husbands, we need everybody. But that team cannot be possible if we are fighting against ourselves all the time. How many of you can understand that? Amen? Yes. It cannot be possible. This choir will never progress and become bigger and bigger if we are always fighting amongst ourselves. If a new person comes and God has gifted a person to sing better than those of us who are older, we say, you are welcome. Add to it. Come and help. Come and help. We need more people. It should not be that, where, where have you come from? We have been here for the past five years. You can sing, you have a gift, but sit down. Then we suppress you. Are you getting that? It will not allow the choir to go. Yes. Yes. So loyalty helps us. You know, this is, this is the amazing thing that God has done in Lighter Chapel International. And we give him all the praise. And all the thanks for it. We grew up to see Bishop Dag, the founder of the ministry, and his two assistants, Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi. Now, they were university friends. They were university friends. They all did big courses. Bishop Dag did medicine. Bishop Saki did law. Bishop Adi did uh, economics. They all graduated had good jobs. But the two of them decided to submit to Bishop Dark as their leader. And they have done that for the last about 30 years. And everywhere they are together. Everywhere they have been together all these years. As we have, as we have seen in Ghana, ministerial teams crumple. Most of the ministerial teams that started have crumpled. They've scattered, they have divided they have scattered. They have quarreled. Now, as a result of their being together, all those of us who came along later have looked at them as a standard. And no matter where lighters passes are scattered, we are together. 
We are together. We have had our own uh, instances of pastors who have rebelled. But compared to the size of the ministry, it is, it is negligible. It is negligible. Without loyalty, without faithfulness, we cannot build a large ministerial team. We cannot have a lot of pastors together. Pastors will be living all the time. This one say, hey, me, I'm gone. This one say, hey, I'm gone. This one say, I'm gone. And when we keep on living, the team becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and we cannot achieve much. May we be together in the name of Jesus. May we be together in the name of Jesus. May the Lord fill this child with the spirit of loyalty in the name of the Lord Jesus. Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Why loyalty? Why is loyalty important? Number one, loyalty is important because it is the principal requirement of every leader. Amen. Is that also? Number two, loyalty is important because it helps us to do what? Eh? It has the love of God to fail the church. How many of you want the love of God to fill this church? Number three, loyalty is important because loyalty helps us to do what? Fight what? The fifth column. Who are the fifth column? The memories that the granted people who are sitting in the church. Eh? They criticize all the time. They are always not happy about something. Now, let me ask you a question. How many have, have ever seen somebody who doesn't seem to be happy about anything at all? Is there anybody who has seen someone? No, I'm not saying somebody in the church. I'm just saying generally in life, whether it is in your family, a friend, somebody, that the person generally is not happy no matter what you do. The person, so how many of you have seen some people? Yes. You can't please them. You cannot please them. Faith columns can never be happy with the messages that the bishop preaches. When he preaches that, why is he preaching this? When he preaches that, why is he preaching that? When he preaches that, why is he Any example that he gives, why is he giving that example? If he comes, why is he coming? If he, if he doesn't come, why is he not coming? Disgranted. And listen, the important is that they are not living in the church. They are sitting in the church. And they can infect the whole church with their memories and their discount. That is why when we see them, we have to expose them. They are bad nuts. They are bad nuts that make our granite. Do you eat granite in Sierra Leone? How many of you like... Do you, do you fry granite here? Eh? Sorry? Eh? Patch. What was that? Eh? They are fried it. Roasted. How many of you like roasted uh, granite? Now, patch. How many of you like ro- roasted patch? Okay, now listen. How many of you have experienced this before? You take it and then you put it into your mouth. And you'll be eating and you are very happy. <laughs> you are very happy. Then suddenly, suddenly, you crack into one. It's like, mm. Which one is that? Now, that one bad one spoils 
everything in your mouth. Watch this. And what do you do? Pow! Pow! If we do not remove faith columns, the whole church would be destroyed. Hallelujah. What is the next reason why loyalty is important? I gave to you. Sorry? Loyalty is important because loyalty allows us to have a large ministerial team. May God grant living word of faith a large ministerial team. A team that loves the bishop. A team that loves the lady uh, pastor. A team that loves all the bishops. We are together. Building together. Supporting one another. Encouraging one another. But you see, sometimes, listen to this, we allow our Africanness to enter the church. One of the most dangerous diseases of Africans is called carbology. Crabology. From crab. How many of you know crab? Crab. There's a phenomenon called crabology in Africa. Do you know what it is? It means pull him down. Now, if I'm not going to go up, you are also not going to go up. Yes. Yes. Carbology. Yeah. So, look, you see it everywhere. When you go to the university, the, 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 the lecturers don't want the, the younger people to finish with their thesis so that they will become doctors and professors. They don't want it. When you go to the teaching, when you go to the teaching hospitals, the professors don't want the younger doctors to come up to also become professors. It's called carbology. It's called pull him down. Yeah. Now watch this. Watch this. One day, when I say one day, say one day, one day, one day, a certain man was carrying two containers full of crabs. Now, don't get angry with me. Mm. Two containers full of crabs. Now, as he was going, somebody met him and asked him a question. He said, I can see that your container has two types of crabs. One of the containers had a cover. It has been covered. So that the crabs in it will not escape. The other container was not covered. So the man was curious. And he asked, why is it that one of your containers is covered, the other is not covered? Then he said, I will explain. The container that is not covered contains black crafts. Black crafts. The one that is covered contains white crafts. Then he explained that the white crafts, if you make a mistake and you open the container, one by one, they will run away. But the one of the black crafts, even though the container is open, they cannot run. Because when one is trying to go, another one will hold the leg. Will hold the leg and pull it down. 
is it true or false? I said, is it true or false? And sometimes we allow this same attitude to enter the church. Yeah. That is why we cannot have large ministerial teams. Next one, number five. Is it number five? Number five. The reason why loyalty is important is because loyalty allows us to build a mega church. Loyalty allows us to build a mega church. You can never build a mega church when people continue to scatter. When pastors, branch pastors, continue to take over churches. Amen? Do you understand that? Yeah. As I'm writing this book, this is Bishop Dan speaking, there are lighter chapel churches all over the world. Ghana, South Africa, New York, Switzerland, just to mention a few. These churches are part of a network that is loyal to the headquarters of the church in Ghana. People often ask me, how do you sustain churches in all these different locations? What sort of controls do you have? You see, much of the system depends on loyalty. The churches are pastored by ministers who are loyal to the Lord, who are loyal to me, and who are loyal to the Lighthouse Chapel and its vision. Without loyalty, every network or denomination of churches constantly undergoes disintegration. They frequently divide into splinter groups and smaller sub-churches. This is what we see all the time. That is why many founders of churches have stopped planting churches. They have stopped. Yeah. We have a great man of God in Ghana. I was talking to you about Archbishop Nicola Duncan Williams. I realized that Bishop Sa came to preach here. Yes, Bishop Sa is one of his senior bishops. Listen. He, he should have had the biggest ministry. I mean, if I'm talking about ministry in Africa and perhaps all over the world, he should have been one of the people. But over the years, he has sent pastors to plant churches in London, they take it. Plant churches in America, they take it. Plant churches here, they take it. Plant churches here, they take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, when we have loyalty in living word of faith, it is going to allow us to expand, to become a mega church. It doesn't matter where we are. We see ourselves as one family, one church, with one pastor, one headquarters. Yes. How many of you want that? How many of you want that? That is why we need loyalty. That is why we need loyalty. One day, one day, a founder of a church 
visited his branch church. When he got to the church, when he got to the entrance of the church, the branch pastor, his pastor that he has sent to go and start a church, had given instruction to the ashes not to allow him into the church. And they did not allow the founder of the church into the church. They did not. You see, these are disloyal pastors. Orangus. They are hot. I can't hear. They are hot. Lift up your hand. Say, I shall not be an Orangu pastor. They prevented the founder of the church. And, 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 and that, that person, I know him. I know him. His ministry has been greatly affected. Another bishop friend of mine is a founder. He was telling me he went to Germany. He went to Germany to go to visit his branch. He traveled all the way from Ghana to Germany to go and visit a branch that he has sent a pastor to go and start. When he got to the airport in Germany, he called his pastor. I've arrived and I'm coming to the church. And the pastor replied to him. He said, if you want to see blood, come here. No, this is not H. This is a serious matter. <laughs> we cannot say H to this. Uh, this is not something to say H. I am explaining to you why loyalty is important. How many of you understand why loyalty is important? Yes. Disloyal people, they are very bad. They are very, very bad. And you can find them everywhere. You can find them at the workplace. You can find them, you know, in marriages. You can find them everywhere. So, when we talk about disloyalty, don't even limit it only to the church. But wherever people are. Can I have an Amen. He told the founder of the church, if you want to see blood, come, come, you come. So he said, I didn't go. I turned back and left. Because I didn't want to see blood. So those of you who are assistant pastors, branch pastors, bishop has sent you. If you behave like that, you are cursed. You are cursed. The curse of the Lord is upon you. You will never do well in ministry. We have watched with our eyes. As such, branch pastors have disappeared. They have disappeared. Their ministries have withered. Because if the man of God is too weak to fight you, God will fight you himself. Amen. So that is why pastors... Before you send your members to go and start churches, teach them on loyalty. Teach them. Pump the message of loyalty into their hearts, into their spirits, into their souls, until they have received understanding. 
Lighthouse Chapel International, the 3,000 branches that God has given to us all over the world, including China, including India, all these places, we are one. We are one. We are one. Look, if Bishop Doug ever gives a notice, can all the pastors arrive in Accra for a conference? Every single pastor will arrive. Every single pastor. Yeah. Our monies are one. The pastor in Philippines, the income of the church, the offerings, does not belong to the Filipino branch. It belongs to Lighthouse Chapel International. So, we can sit in Accra and tell the, the pastor in Philippines, pay for a property in Papua New Guinea, and the pastor will do it. Without questions. Why? Because we are one. We are building together. We are one team. We are serving the Lord together. It is one church. Your clapping is very weak. It is the destroyer people who are not clapping properly. The destroyer people. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, if we want this ministry, look, there is no way this ministry, living word of faith, there is no way it can go to Zimbabwe, Zambia, South Africa, Uganda, Senegal, Guinea-Conakry, Mozambique, if there is no loyalty. It cannot work. It cannot work. It cannot work. In 2011, I did a research work in Ghana. 70%, Bishop, 70% of all the charismatic churches in Ghana have suffered from disloyalty one time or the other. 70%. 70%. Yeah. You know, it is so terrible. It has affected the church. Do you know what, how it has affected the church? Founders of churches don't want to send people to go and plant churches. I, 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 I know of a pastor. He has a huge church. Huge church. He doesn't have one pastor. He's he himself and the wife. That's all. <laughs> That's all. I know another pastor. He has a huge church. He has 3,000 members. Now, he doesn't have one assistant. No. When he travels, then he says, you, for the next three weeks, you are preaching. No assistant. Do you know why? They are afraid. They have been beaten before. Once beaten, twice shy. You see, it's, it's from the devil. It is from the devil. This loyalty is from the devil. It is Satan who said, I'll fight against God. When you are a destroyer, you are, you are being influenced by Satan. Hallelujah. You are being influenced by Satan. In Luke 22 or 23, the Bible said that, and Satan entered, and Satan entered Judas, and immediately he went to betray Christ. And sometimes they say, uh, I, 
I want to do my own church. Yes, I, I, I'm an assistant pastor, but now I want to do my own church. Now, I have a few questions for you. Number one, what, 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 what will you do different from now that you are an assistant pastor? Is it not preaching? Is it not evangelism? Is it not soul winning? Is it not what you do? Will you not do conventions? Will you not do conferences? Will you not travel to preach? So what, what different thing will you do if you become your own boss that you cannot do now? But the real secret, all these things are influenced by money. People want to become founders, president of churches, head pastors of churches because they can control all the money. Money is one of the main reasons. The bottom line. They won't say it, but that is it. But that is it. Can I have an amen? Are you here or you go home? How many of you are understanding the message on loyalty? Are you understanding it? Is it becoming clearer? Number six. Number six. Number six. The reason why loyalty is important is so that we'll have a long-lasting ministry. A long-lasting ministry. One person has only a few years of practical and effective ministry. Jesus only ministered for three and a half years. But he extended his ministry and his influence through an effective and loyal team. Notice that Jesus' ministry has branched out into the whole world and has spanned almost 2,000 years. Hallelujah. If I die, if I die, if I die now, the Lighthouse Chapel International is going to live on. It does not depend on me. I have not built a church around my personality. The church will continue. None of us is indispensable. God can do without us. This is why we need to build a team of loyal successors. Look. I was telling Bishop Tayo yesterday. Bishop Dad, Lighter Chapel International, he has handed it over. He handed over Lighter Chapel International in 2006. We have a bishop's council with a chairman. And the chairman is the leader who runs the, who does the day-to-day running of the church. And Bishop Dad is just there. When we are going wrong, he said, this is my advice. Do it this way. But he has handed over. He has handed, since 2006, this is more than a decade, more than 10 years. And he's a young man. This year he's going to be 54 years. So it's all I see that he's 87, about to disappear. So if he's going to be 54 years this year, it means he did it when he was 44 years. He handed over the church. How many leaders can do that? They will not even try. Hey. They will not even try. If we don't have lawyer associates and bishops hands over the church, 
Even his wife, they'll drive the wife out of the church. They'll drive the wife. They'll tell the wife, don't sit here anymore. When you come, sit at that place. They'll come and put their wife here. Bad people, wicked associates. Wicked! So, if we are going to have a long last, and, and, and the bishops council, every two years, we vote for a new chairman. And in fact, we even, we even make younger bishops our chairman. Younger. Some of us are older bishops. They are younger bishops. We are 35 year old, 38 years old, 40 something year old bishops. They are the people we say, they should be the chairman so that, you see, because young people, it means that the future of the ministry. Some of us, we are finishing. Wow. Wow. How many of you understand the subject of loyalty? Loyalty. Yes. May God make living word of faith a loyal church. In the name of Jesus. Listen. Churches in Sierra Leone are going to come to your church and you ask, how did you make it? How, what, we can see that your church is so nice. Your church is so beautiful. Your church, we can see your church all over. How did you do it? And you tell them it's called loyalty. Loyalty. Of loyal pastors. Are you a pastor in the church? Yeah, you have to be loyal. Huh? Yeah. You have to be loyal to him. Who are you? How did you become a pastor? I was ordained by daddy from a minister to a pastor to an ordained minister. Nobody knew you. He called you. And said, from today, this one is pastor so-so and so. Yes. That is how you became a pastor. That is how you became a pastor. I was a doctor. Nobody knew I was a pastor. Bishop Dad called me. I remember one Tuesday. One Tuesday, he called a couple of us. He mentioned our names. We ran to the front. This is 90s. There is a church from today. Have you seen this hopeless doctor standing here? And I was very slim, very poor. Slim, poor doctor. Is that from today? This hopeless doctor is called Pastor Antefo. That's how he became a pastor. The one day he called me again. He gathered all the people. He put something on my neck and he said, from today call him Reverend Interval. Then after someone, he called me again. He put some strange garments. Have you seen the cap that he's wearing? That, this one. I have one. Big one like that. Strange. I couldn't even move. I was like that. With a staff. With a staff. I said, from today, don't call him pastor. Don't call him reverend. Call him bishop. 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 Then I get up and I'm criticizing him and I'm blambasting him and I'm murmuring against him. Then when he tells me, take charge of the Bible school and I take over the Bible school, I don't do what he likes. I just change the Bible school. You bring yourself under a case. 
May God help all of us. May you never be an orangu. I say, may you never be an orangu. May you never be an orangu. Say, by the grace of God, by the help of God, I shall never be an orangu. I shall always be loyal. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands for the Lord. And finally, the seventh reason why loyalty is important. Huh? Why is loyalty important? Number one, because loyalty is a principal qualification for every leader, every minister. Number two, loyalty is important for the love of God to fill the church. Number three, loyalty is important so that we can fight the fifth column. Amen. How many of you have understood that fifth column? Look, pastors, branch pastors, pastors of other ministries that are here, know that there are fifth columns in your church. They are there. They are there. If you allow them to flourish, they will destroy everything that you are doing. They will destroy everything. Look, destroyer people, they are very wicked though. There is a man of God. There is a man of I won't tell you the country. The man had, he had, he had 1,500 people in his church. And then one day, when I say one day, say one day, one day. He went on holidays for two weeks. And left the church in the care of his associate pastor. A church of 1,500. He went for two weeks. When he came back, the associate told him, I'm leaving. So why? What has happened? Oh, I'm leaving. Nothing. Everything is okay. And they always say nothing. They always say nothing. Say, I'm leaving. The senior pastor spoke and spoke. The associate said, no! I'm leaving. And he left. Do you know what happened? When he left, all the members followed him. And he was left with 15 people in the church. 15 people in the church. Orangus are wicked people. Listen, they can kill you. They can kill you. They can kill you. But watch. And I want to speak to the assistant pastors and associate pastors and the leaders. If you do something like that, God will curse you. This guy, he left. Not too long, he found himself in the hospital. Pack out. The guy who stole the church, within a short time, God just took him out. God took him out. God took him out. But the painful thing is that the members never came back. They scattered. Do you remember the horns in Zechariah chapter 1? When they come, they come to do what? Scatter. They scatter. These are the horns that have come to scatter Judea, scatter Samaria, and to scatter Jerusalem. But God said, I'm raising up carpenters. You are one of the carpenters. I said, you are one of the carpenters. You are one of the carpenters. That God is raising up. Yeah. One time, my pastor, Bishop Dad, he went to preach in a church. And he preached on this same subject. He was holding this book. Loyalty and disloyalty. So he preached. 
Then they invited him the following year. When he went, he preached the same message. So one of the pastors, after Bishop Daga was finished preaching, he went to Bishop Daga and said, your message was very powerful. Thank you. But he went to his senior pastor and said, who told him that we are quarreling in the church? Who told him that there is something wrong in this church? There's nothing wrong here. Then he took this book. And then he threw it down. He said, this is not a book. Then he stamped on the book. He stamped on it. This is nonsense. Nonsense. What is loyalty in the story? Nonsense. He stamped. He used his life to stamp. He wanted the book to disappear into the ground. But the book was not disappearing. Yes. This pastor. Listen all. And now I'm speaking specifically to pastors, associates. Because many of you are orangus. It's in your heart. And God is driving it out of you. Leaders, choir leaders, prayer leaders, administrators, every leader in the church, God is speaking to you now. Branch pastors. One day the senior pastor of this associate, he called him on the phone. As the senior pastor was talking to him, he got angry. The associate pastor got angry and banged the phone. He banged the phone on his senior pastor. So his senior pastor called back and said, you banged the phone on me? You banged the phone? I am talking to you as your senior pastor and you are banging the phone on me. You see, the pastor who trampled on this book, do you remember him? That same pastor. And the senior pastor banged the phone, bam, and said, from today, you will never bang the phone on me again. The following day, the pastor was put in the hospital. He was put in the hospital. He was diabetic. His leg became swollen. They cut it off. He never went home again. He never went home again. You have to be careful. All the lawyer elements, you have to be careful. God will deal with you. I said, the man of God may look very weak. You see, men of God, they get to a point where they are very weak. But I tell you, the words in their mouth. Watch it. Watch it. Noah was asleep, naked, in his tent. His, his son went and came and said, <laughs> look at the old man. The bolabolo is showing everywhere. Japheth and Shem, they took the cloth. They said, we can't watch. They went back and covered. When Ham got up and he was drunk, he, Noah, he said, a servant of servants shall you be. He cursed him. Isaac was blind. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, no, Isaac was blind. One was blessing Jacob and Esau. He was blind. But everything that he said, he came to a man of God gets to a point where he's, in terms of the flesh, very weak. So sometimes the bishop calls you and says, please, I beg you, don't leave, I beg you, I like you, be 